0: Welcome back everyone to the As The Church podcast, a podcast where we strive to be faithful to God and the scriptures, nourishing to the believer and open to those with questions. My name is Ayodiran, and I am your host. After such a long time away, we are back and I'm excited to share with you a ton of what is planned for As The Church. In the past year, we have seen unprecedented changes to our world because of the COVID-19 pandemic we've been facing globally. In the midst of that, we have been seeing political unrest in a way that has been almost impossible to stay neutral toward. And to put it simply, y'all, things have been wild. Um, When I started this podcast originally, my intent was just to make a space to answer questions correctly and simply, uh, to help people navigate their faith and to grow, uh, and to offer some form of discipleship to those who couldn't find it in their local church communities. That vision has stayed the same for the most part. It's just become more explicit that this space is meant to help you, but also help us as Christians work to fix these gaps we're seeing in our churches. So for the next couple of weeks, I'll be touching on subjects i found to be important and useful for us considering the times that we're in. Uh, We'll also be posting video content on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram that will help Beyond Justice Weekly podcast. I think that that's something that we need. And listen, if growing and having an intentional discipleship relationship in your Christian walk is important to you, and you cannot find it in the spaces that you're in, we are here to offer that help to you. In the show notes and in our Instagram bio, you'll find a link uh, to have you sign up for our newsletter and to find the discipleship you need in your daily life. Um, Man, with all that being said, let's just dive right on in. You may have heard the snippet that was posted on Instagram, uh, and in that you would have heard me say something like, God isn't necessarily calling us to greatness, but he is most definitely calling us to holiness. Uh, And I think you may have been in agreement with me when you heard that statement, or maybe uh, you might have been left wondering, what did I mean exactly? Um, And so during this episode, what we'll do is we'll talk through it. When we look at Google's definition of the word greatness, uh, it says it's the quality of being great, distinguished, or eminent. Then in Merriam-Webster's dictionary, it defines it as the quality or state of being great in reference to size, skill, achievement, or power. And in our culture, we see this idea that being great has something to do with the more we bring as compared to other people we may know of. To be great is to be respected because of who we are in comparison to others. Based on how much skill we have in comparison to others in our fields of study or work or what we've managed to accomplish in comparison to others. Our perceptions of greatness seem to be the marker by which we decide whether or not our life has had impact. I'd go farther to say it's how we decide if we matter to ourselves or to others. There's an article by a man named Hugh Welshill. forgive me if I'm saying that wrong, I try my best, and it's called The Biblical Meaning of Success. Um, And it's located on the Gospel Coalition's website, and, and there it cites Tim Keller from his book Counterfeit Gods, describing the idolatry of success or greatness in these words. Pastor Tim Keller says, More than other idols, personal success and achievement lead to a sense that we ourselves are God. To be the very best at what you do, to be at the top of the heap, means no one is like you. It means that you are supreme. The article goes on to give us the proper conception of work and success through the parable of the talents. And I encourage you to read that when you're done listening to this podcast. What I found most interesting as I was thinking through this concept is that we see a different view of greatness in scripture than the one that we seem to hold very often, even as Christians. This idea of earning value and importance is not what the gospel shows us, and in fact, the gospel shows us a different thing altogether. Yet we have come to the conclusion that if we work hard enough, we can be whatever we want to be, and we can be the best in the world. We have decided that we can become the masters and architects of our own destinies. That we're able to create a future in which everything we hope for is possible. And quite frankly, this is just not true. So when I say that, um, I'm hoping that you're at the place with me wondering, what does scripture say about being great then? Well, one of the passages of scripture that I was able to see this word used and I looked through the context of what it meant and I felt would be appropriate was Psalm seventy-one twenty-one, where we see King David say to the Lord, you will increase my greatness and comfort me again. When we read that, we might think that, well, if I read that, I can consider my job that's been terrible and say that God will increase my greatness in that space. But a proper reading of that text would see that King David was in a terrible spot, in a terrible space, that no one could take him out of besides God. And that's what he was trying to communicate. The word there for greatness uh, actually connects to what we would say is dignity. So the greatness King David shares here is that God is restoring him. That God would be the one to make him worthy again. Now, there may be moments in our own lives where God may bring us into positions of respect and esteem. But make no mistake, that is for His glory, His intent, His plan for our lives and in the body of the church. What we will see far more often than that even is that our hearts were under the curse of sin. People's hearts are under the curse of sin. And when we came to know Jesus, when others come to know Jesus... That's the moment in which we are made worthy thanks to God's sacrifice. That is the moment in which God increased our greatness, is the moment in which our dignity was restored. See, the ultimate greatness in life is for sinners to be justified by God and made holy in His sight. Our perceptions of success aren't inherently wrong, but when we emphasize what God will do in our lives as our own conceptions of greatness, we shortchange what God has already done. There is nothing wrong at all with honoring God in your nine to five job, working well for your employer, clocking in and out on time, not stealing any money, not stealing any time, doing your job well, being excellent in those spaces, then going home and being an active participant in your family, being excellent in that space, paying your bills, keeping life stable. In fact, I would argue that in what we see as mundane, based on what I described, there's actually greatness ever present in that. People empowered by the regenerating work of the Holy Spirit in their heart can look like what I just described, ordinary and faithful. You don't have to be extraordinary or a world changer. In fact, I don't even think we're here to do that. We're here to share with the world that God has already changed the world because he sent us his son, Jesus so where does that leave us? If we're not meant to be great in the way we've conceived, what are we supposed to be? I'd like you to consider that the answer to that question is that we're supposed to be holy. That we are called to holiness, not to greatness. Hebrews 12, 14 actually says, Strive for peace with everyone and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. We see here that holiness determines whether or not we will see the Lord and receive his blessings. Unfortunately, we cannot be made holy by our own efforts. But fortunately, God made a way. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, the word says, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Ultimately, the only holiness that grants us access to God is the holiness of Jesus Christ, which covers us when we rest in Jesus Christ alone for our salvation. Not anything that we do, what we bring. This does not deny our need to live lives that are holy. In fact, by pursuing holiness, we demonstrate our reliance upon Jesus Christ. And in chapter 2 of the book of James, you actually see James claim that faith without evidence or faith without works is dead. Faith is proven by works that come as a response to that faith. We see all throughout scripture, all through the gospel, that the Holy Spirit, the Lord, gives us a pattern for holy living in the life of Jesus Christ, who, as God Himself, shows us how to imitate our Creator. Scripture notes Jesus' actions and teachings so that we can have a clear view of what it looks like to live like Jesus did. And as I stated before, we can only do this by the regenerating power of the Holy Spirit, who shapes us. He was repairing the image of God that was broken in what we know as the fall, and continues to mold our dispositions, our personalities, and our desires, the things that we love, according to Jesus Christ himself. This process takes a lifetime, and we remain works in progress, honestly, until the day that we die. But even so, personal righteousness is something that we can start to see be more evident in our lives as the Holy Spirit continues to regenerate our hearts giving us the ability to truly repent, to resist temptation, and to grow in godliness. In Galatians 5:23 20 to 23 uh, we are given a list of a few of the righteous attributes that the Holy Spirit works in the heart of believers. We see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And all these traits were visible in Jesus' life, who was also empowered by the Holy Spirit. So after hearing all of that, one might wonder, well, what do I do now? And my answer to that is this. Pursue holiness, not a dream, not a calling, and not greatness. You and I being made right with God by the work of Jesus Christ on the cross is the greatest act ever committed in this universe. And we live to share that beautiful and saving faith with others. And to be clear, I'm not saying don't strive to do well for yourself in life or to have dreams. In their proper place, those things have value. But before all of those things, we must pursue holiness and be faithful to God. I promise that you won't find any greatness more worthy than being made holy by the Lord of all things, Jesus Christ. In the show notes, you'll find the article I cited earlier and any other resources that I believe will help you in your pursuit of holiness. Thank you for listening to this episode of the As A Church podcast. I truly pray this helps you and challenges you to grow in maturity as a Christian. As I said earlier, we have so much more in store and we hope you stick around to experience it all. I encourage you to sign up for the As A Church newsletter that you'll find in the show notes so that you can be updated on everything that will be going on and for more info to be able to be sent to you, Um, as you grow in the area of discipleship. Uh, Thank you again for listening. I appreciate it, and we'll see you next week as we continue uh, these conversations that I believe are necessary for the times that we are in.